Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it, you're acting like a child. Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. All right. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Feds of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome. This is Fans of the Dead. I'm Mumble. Apparently, I am Jumble. And today we have a special guest, Maddie Bruce. What's up, guys? Glad to be here. Thank Glad you that you're me. here, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, we need we need to like come up with like stupid ideas to hang out more often. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, so what's up, bros? Not much. Enjoying this nice Saturday, dude. It's beautiful out. Yeah, it is. 60, 65 degrees, something like that. That's insane. Like 65 mile an hour winds. And it was 16 degrees yesterday when I was leaving for work. Yeah. <laughs> That's Massachusetts for you. All right, so I guess let's just get right into it. This is a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. Hope y'all are thirsty. How many of us are there? <laughs> All right, boys. This is the further. All right, down the hatch. Down the hatch. Really good. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not bad. It's a little strong. Yeah, it hits the nose. Have to take a sip. So this recipe comes from Geeks Who Eat. You can check out their website, geekswhoeat.com. I assume. The further. Because we're going to break down Insidious on this episode. One and a half ounce of silver rum. Three quarters ounce of blue curacao? Caracao? I think it's like the country, like curacao. Okay. Maybe. Quarter ounce ancho reyes. <clears throat> Quarter ounce pomegranate juice. And a cherry for garnish. We skipped the garnish and just did the drink. Anyway... Pointless to say. Spoilers ahead. Here we go. Let's uh, break down the movie. Should we say why we have Matt with us here today? No, not yet. Okay, fine. Aspiring musician Renee Roseburn and school teacher Josh Patrick Wilson have just moved with their three kids to a spacious, attractive, somewhat creaky new house. It should be a fresh start for all of them. But then their intuitive eldest son, eight-year-old Dalton, Ty Simpkins, falls into a sudden coma that leaves the doctors baffled by its cause. This would be a stressful, upsetting time for any parent in the same situation, but it's made all the worse when Renee is soon overwhelmed with unexplainable occurrences and frightening visions of people lurking with her in the house. 
non-believer Josh reacts by withdrawing into his work until Renee puts her foot down and insists they leave. Mistakenly believing their problems are finally behind them, Renee and Josh soon discover, with the help of medium Elise Rayner, the underrated Lynn Shea, underrated for real. Mm -hmm. It wasn't their house that was haunted, but their son. Now, can I just say, I've seen two covers for this movie. Both of them are very similar. You got the Insidious and uh, Dalton just standing in the forefront in front of the house, just kind of like staring through you. But in his eyeball, it says, help me. This one actually says Insidious, and in the other eye says Is. I've found a lot more of those, but I, I kind of like the help me. In the, yeah, in no, the I, eye. I think that portrays the, the movie better. Yeah, I definitely like that one a little bit better. So Matt Bruce just saw this movie last night for the first time. What did you think? I thought it was really good. Really, really good. It kind of, as, as you, you know, it's the same, you know, person that did The Conjuring. So I saw a lot of, like, jump scares that they have. You know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> I, I, I loved how they, you know, do the piano with every boom, you know. Oh, <laughs> like, oh man. So apparently they use, like, 30 violins. Yeah. Like, oh, the way yeah. they plucked those strings it was like yeah ring! Even when like, just the opening the opening scene the opening you know title <laughs> I, 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 I said that to you remember yes I, just the first like minute and a half of the movie it's all of a sudden like the you know the violin strings and then just the words and city is like right in front of you like in your face yeah. it was very bright yes that was the first movie we watched on the new tv and it was just like quiet quiet Blaring loud! I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it was. I mean, yes. Uh, last night when I was watching it, it was like we had we had the baby sleeping literally like six feet away from the TV, so I had to keep it low. And I'm like, well, I got to turn it up because they're talking. And I'm like, what what are they saying? And it's just like, boom! It's like, oh, okay, turn it down again. Tiny <laughs> Tim, shut up! <laughs> yeah. So the movie opens in a child's bedroom. It it's an upside down look at a lamp, flips right side up, and we see the child's bedroom and. There's a red sailboat painting. There's a teddy bear in the corner. There's a horse on a bureau and a lava lamp, which tells you that this is the past or my basement. Because <laughs> we have a lava lamp right there. Apparently, you're either in the 70s or my basement. And then, blam, you see the old lady creeping. Ba-boom! Insidious. So it goes, the next part goes in uh, Renee wakes up. Uh, Josh is snoring away. Before you get to that, can I just say the one thing I didn't like about this movie, besides the violin like plucking, was the title sequence. Really? It was kind of boring. It was it. just like black and white photos, and they kept showing that goddamn grandfather clock. And so you get like I don't know ten pictures, and then they show a picture of like the kitchen. And you see, like, the chair move, and then the next picture, you see a face in the background. And then, like, every picture after that, there's something awry. They show, you know, they keep showing all the boxes. Like, who has a box of just lamps? They have a box marked lamps. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I had, to get, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> so, anyway, so it starts, you know, um, Renee and Josh are in bed, so Renee gets up because Josh is snoring. And, um... So they uh, go downstairs. She starts going through some photographs. And I think that's where we see Dalton for the first time. 
Yes, and they're wearing matching monkey pajamas. Yes. Yeah, and they start going through the picture book, yep. and she's like, hey, do you know who this is? No, I have no idea. Who's that? That's me. Oh, my God, you were a kid once? Yeah. How come there's no pictures of Dad? Hmm, that's funny. Why are there no pictures of Dad? Here's one picture of your father. That's it. Yeah. Hmm, that's funny. Right. So it all starts with like kind of like a crazy breakfast kind of scene. Oh, wicked, hectic morning breakfast. She's on the phone with someone, I don't know, trying to get her cable hooked up or some, some kind of new home type of crap she's got to deal with. And she's trying to feed the three kids breakfast. She's finally calmed down the, the baby. Not a baby baby, but like, I don't know, like maybe yeah. almost a year. Oh, yeah. um, father just notices he has a, a gray hair. He plucks it out and just kind of swarms through the, yeah, right, right, through the, right through the kitchen. He's like, oh, good luck. Baby starts crying. Oh, sorry. Have a nice day. Yeah, you're going to bring the kids to school? No, sorry, oh, I can't well, The kids, what are you doing? You don't have a job. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Um, so it turns out, uh, so Renee is like a songwriter. Yeah. See, I wasn't, I wasn't sure on this. So, um, she's going through the, the books. It was the first thing we see her yeah. take out of the, out of the box. She's going through the books. She puts the books on the shelf. And the first, um, book that we notice is self-help through, self-healing through music. So, um, something traumatic happened to her because it wasn't, it's not, she didn't write the book. I made sure to like go back and look at the the author name. So it's obviously music is a big thing during the opening credits. There was a picture of a picture of a guitar, picture of a picture of a guitar. I was like, okay, clearly someone's into music, but I wasn't sure if she's a composer or she's an actual musician because in the next scene, she's trying to compose a song. She's trying to write something. Yeah, she's yeah. writing the song. It's called Looking West. It's actually a beautiful song. You can check it out on YouTube, the little snippet of right. it. And it's not a full song because she gets interrupted. But did you notice that there's a black cat on the lawn? They do like an establishing yeah. shot right before I she, start, she starts yeah. playing. There's just this creepy black cat staring at the house. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's... That's fucking weird. Although, like, bef- before that, you know, when she first wakes up, she picks up all those books, puts them on the shelf. Then after the whole breakfast scene, those books are no longer on the shelf. Oh, yeah, yeah. and she yeah. asked the kid, you're like, if you're going to look through the down. books, yeah, yeah can you, can you put it back? It. I didn't touch the books. <laughs> I don't know why Dalton sounds like that. Good thing he slept for most of the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right, so she gets interrupted doing the Looking West song. Uh, the baby's crying, so she goes up. She goes upstairs, and the first thing I noticed was every single bedroom was like a had a blue tint. Mm-hmm. It was like like the windows were painted blue or something because everything was just very blue. It was just noteworthy. Mm-hmm. So after work, clearly she had done a boss job of unpacking. There's still tons of boxes, but I mean the house looks like a home now. And uh, Josh gets home. Good job. And then another funny thing I wrote down, and it might not be funny, it's kind of a dad joke, but I said, this movie, there's a lot to unpack here. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's a deep movie, and you know, yeah, they've got boxes <laughs> unpacking to do. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. They've got baggage. 
Yeah, they got, they, they've got baggage. All right, so now they're kind of settling in, and Dalton goes into the attic. Now, he was fighting Jaws with a sword. Did you notice that? That was pretty, yeah, that was, sword, yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. One, th- one thing about this kind of scene, it bother- it, it's me being picky. It's more on, like, the, the, uh, like the director or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, on the coffee table, there was a stuffed turtle. And like whatever uh, stuff, so they would go back and forth from shot to shot, and that turtle would disappear and then come back and disappear and come back. It was on purpose. Okay. Did it unsettle you? It just pissed me off. Leave the yes. fucking turtle on the table. <laughs> so that could, that's most likely a continuity error, but well, you I'm never sure. know, because James Wan, by the way, directed this movie. It was written by Lee Winnell. Mm-hmm. They both did the Saw movie the original, they paid very close attention to detail in this movie. And we're going to get into that more. But the first time I watched it, I noticed a few things. But then when I watched it again, I was like, holy shit. Like, almost everything was purposeful. So I missed the turtle, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's important somehow. Maybe. But it could just be a fuck up, because that happens all the time. Look at Pulp Fiction when uh, she's drinking the $5 shake. During their conversation, the level of the shake is up and down, up and down. You know, just (laughs) do it in one goddamn fucking take. That way there's no fucking shake mishap. Sorry. So, Dalton goes up into the attic. Because what do kids do? He's eight years old. He's going to explore. It's a new house. Like, let's check out the creepy attic. I mean, he's got a red cape on. He's like a little fucking superhero. So he goes into the attic... And earlier, we'd see the mother... The mother went up there. She went up there, and she stepped on one of the rungs on the ladder, yeah, and it kind of broke. It didn't fully break. It's always that third step. Mind the third step. So he goes up. He can't reach the light. Goes up another rung. Can't reach the light. Goes up another rung. Can't reach the light, and you know he's going to fall. It's just like delaying the inevitable. He gets to that third step. It breaks. He falls. He doesn't even cry or anything. He's just kind of like rubbing his head and he's like, oh. And then he looks over and sees something and then he starts screaming. And that's what alerts the parents who have just been letting him do whatever the fuck he wants. And they run up. First, I love, this is a a brilliant Patrick Wilson moment. Uh, Josh, the father, goes in there. The first instinct is, why were you on the ladder? Oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) Like that's such a dad move. Like that's, that's, I felt that. It's like, wait, he's breathing. All right, so he's fine. The fuck? What are you doing? So, big thing I noticed right here before we get into Dalton's ailment. So, he's wearing a bright blue shirt, and he's got his red superhero cape on. Dad is wearing a blue shirt and a blue tie. I'm not going to say why it matters now, but it matters. So, remember that. Blue shirt, red cape. Blue shirt, blue tie. Next morning, goes in, there's a bunch of drawings that Dalton has made. You know, stupid kid drawings. Or are they stupid kid drawings? You see him in the blue shirt and the red cape and one of them flying off. All right, Dalton, it's time time to wake up. Wake up. Dalton, come on, man. I gave you five extra minutes. Dalton does not wake up. Sleep is in the way. Flash to the hospital. Dalton is in a coma. And I'm using air quotes here. I know you can't see technically this is a coma right 
We don't know why. We don't know anything. Sorry. Don't know what to tell you. We're going to run a bunch of tests. Beep, 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 beep. Got to take this piece out. I'm like, are you serious? What kind of fucking bedside manner is that? Right. I would have fucking yeah. grabbed that guy and yeah. done some tests, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it turns out, you know, there he's in a coma. So three months later, you know, the, the, the nurse is there showing her how to put in a feeding tube. Can you imagine having to, like, learn how to put a feeding tube in your kid? No, no but this was another brilliant the costume department. When we're at the hospital talking to that asshole doctor, Josh is wearing his, his regular clothes, but Rose, Byrne, Renee. Renee is, it's not super colorful or bright colors, but she's got this like weird scarf. It's very floral, and she's wearing a really nice jacket. Three months later, they're at home, and she's just wearing just drab. It's just like basic. And that, it, it's way better than, say, she's like pouring over bills, and they have to like stress. So like, the, this is more than a mental toll it's it's also financial and these three months have been fucking rough she looks beaten and obviously depressed and you said the nurse yes the feeding tube can you fucking yeah, imagine? Can imagine i don't want to imagine no, that's no. horrifying to think no. about oh one more thing before dalton uh goes to sleep that night they're like zooming in on his window to see what's out the window and it's just like shaking bushes yeah. and then that's it like what the fuck shaking bushes yeah. what oh it's a terrifying breeze tonight <laughs> <laughs> so Ro um, rose uh, renee is trying to go back to work right she's having trouble composing right and she's starting to hear some stuff on the monitor Oh, man. So, yeah, at, at first it just kind of sounds like interference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, like, white noise. She starts hearing a voice, like, saying, like, I want it. Like, I want it. I want it. Like, very creepy. Yeah. And one thing that bugged, this is my second beef with this movie, is the baby starts crying. Oh, no, was the baby crying yet? No. No. Because no. that's what sparked her to go upstairs. So she kind of, she's, like, looming in the front, like, foyer in front of that goddamn grandfather clock again. So she's in front of the grandfather clock and she's just listening to the monitor and she's hearing like this guy whispering. At first, I had no idea what he was saying. It's yeah. just like, and it's not the volume. I'm like, it's up to like 40. What's he saying? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just a creep on the monitor. And this has actually been like a thing that's been happening. People have been hacking baby monitors and been like yeah. talking to babies and it's like so fucking creepy. And that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, some fucking creep. But yeah. I'm wondering what's taking her so goddamn long to, to check on to the, the baby until the baby starts crying. Does right. she run up the stairs? Right. I'm sorry. I hear a creep on the monitor. I'm fucking up there. Yeah. After, after you hear a voice like I might, you know, I probably like, would like, have like, checked on the interference. But no, no, I, no I, right. <laughs> but but she waits till all of a sudden you hear that that really loud like scream like no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, like someone's uh, having a conversation <laughs> with your baby. Go check it out. Like, make sure it's a kosher conversation, you know? You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe. <laughs> Santa's not real. Hey, she's not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, so so she runs up. There's a rocking horse and a teddy bear mm -hmm. in the baby's room. Hmm. That night, she's tucking in the younger brother, who, I'm sorry, I can't think of. Foster. Foster, that's right, Foster. He didn't even make my cast list. I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't even know your name. I'm such a fucking prick. You know, it must be tough being the middle child. 
you know, your older brother Dalton, he's in the coma. He gets all the attention. He's on the cover of the movie. The, the baby. baby. Oh, the <laughs> baby. Sorry, Foster. So Foster's getting tucked in. He won an award. He was such a middle child. He didn't even show his parents the award. And he asks if he can move his room because his creepy fucking brother likes to sleepwalk. Wait, what? He sleepwalks? Yep. No, he's in a fucking coma. He doesn't sleepwalk. It's fine. I just don't like it when he walks around at night. <laughs> also, Foster has a rocking horse in the corner. Yep. And he's sleeping with the teddy bear. Hmm. That's interesting. All right, we see the goddamn grandfather clock again as Foster shuts his door and hides. What's he hiding from? Whoa, what the fuck is that? Oh, man. There's someone outside the baby's room. Well, that's fucking creepy. Isn't this right around the time there was, like, knocks at the door? Yeah. That's, that's what right. that was, man. Okay, well. Sorry, it sounded it sounded whack. It sounded like me patting on my chair. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody knocks at the door. Josh gets up. Opens the door. Nobody there. Nobody there. He opens the door. The alarm doesn't go off. No. Did you Did you notice that? He yeah. didn't undo the alarm and nope. just opens the door. Yeah. But then he sets the alarm. So I was like, what the fuck? Why do you even have an alarm if you're not setting it? Yeah. And then they go up. There's, you see someone walk by the baby's room out the window. And then the alarm sounds. Right. Josh goes back downstairs. The door's wide open. The chain's fucking busted. Again, feel like he took a little bit of extra time to turn the alarm off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It was you a know, good, like, I'm, 25. Jenna, Jenna actually mentioned <laughs> that so, I mean, if I'm the his, fucking if I'm his alarm was annoying. Yeah. If I'm his neighbors, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Yeah. You know what? Turn your fucking alarm off first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that that was so annoying. Because it was a good minute and a half, two minutes maybe, good, yeah. with just of this blaring an, alarm. Annoying alarm. Like, you have quiet. Like like Bruce said, you turn up the volume, right? And then this alarm is going yeah, off. Turn it down, and then you know I'm just like, oh, all right, let's see what's going on here. And I shut the okay, fine. Turn the volume back up again. <laughs> okay, I guess that, I guess there's nothing happened. Grandfather clock, school. Now, I was trying to figure out like, cause they never show what school he works at, right? So I want to know how much money do these guys have? Like, yeah, what, I was gonna say, how do they make their money? Because right. she's a stay-at-home mom. And they got a huge as far as I know, house. she's trying to compose. Clothes, so she know. must be some kind of composer. We don't know right. what. We never really find out what. She probably sold millions of albums, and she's just an underground musician. <laughs> she, she must be because he works at a at a school. Right. It, Jenna said it's a high school from the the age of the that's, kids. Yeah, that's what. That's so nice. they show him at school. He's just kind of sitting there. This was brilliant. The blackboard. Yes. You see James Wan's name is yep. is on, I guess it's a bunch of people that were working on the movie. It's just a bunch of their names. Right. And you see the puppet from Saw, his face. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a great callback because Lee and James started with Saw. Right. Great callback. And it's like 10 o'clock. It's like dark. Well, yeah. He calls his wife. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be late. I got to grade so, these papers. See, this is why I started to... To hate Josh. He was, he's kind of a prick. He is kind yeah. of a prick. So it's like, oh, I have to work late again. Have to work late again. So he ends up getting home. It, it was 11.27. 11.27. 11.27. That's important. So uh, before he gets home, though, so he starts falling asleep at his desk. And he gets a memory of the cold open. Mm-hmm. Where it was that child's bedroom. And you're like, oh, now we see why that the cold open happened. It's his memory. Yeah. Okay, 11.27, he gets home. The next day, mom's talking to the nurse again. Yep. And don't don't worry about the blanket. It's fine. I'll take care of it. She's, she, you know, she's kind of getting into the routine. 
the nurse feels bad for her, you know, sorry that you're going through this. Dalton's tucked next to a teddy bear. And as the nurse leaves, Renee starts to tuck him in and notices something is on the bed. Is it blood? Is it, though? It's a red handprint. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Is it blood? Because, yeah. I only know from the credits and from things I've read that it is not blood. It is lipstick. Lipstick? Lipstick. The fire, the man with fire for a face, face. Yeah. is one name that the demon is called. The man with fire for a face, also known as, in the credits, Lipstick Demon. Lipstick Demon, man with fire on his face, played by Joseph Bishara, the composer of the movie. <laughs> Interesting. Dual roles there. So, Renee's convinced, obviously, that the house is haunted. Yeah, she's not having the house. No. Dad's sleeping at school again. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I gotta, gotta grade, grade these papers. Oh, you know, there's so it's many a, tests, these fucking right. kids. Okay, so school gets out, he's in high school. School gets out, what, 2 o'clock? 2.30, latest, maybe. How many students? Detention? How many students do you have? Yeah. I don't know. 20, 20 apiece. Eight classes, maybe. So, does it take you eleven hours to grade to to stamp an F on every paper? <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, if you boom, had, boom, mean, if, boom, done. I mean, if you had students like us, I mean, you could just sit there and look at the thing. No, he's just... avoiding. He's avoiding his home, oh, his oh, home of life. Of course. So, but do you think in the back of his mind, he he knows what's yeah. going on? One hundred percent. Yeah. Even though he kind of plays it. I mean, we'll get to it later. Yeah. But um. You, you, Yes, he knows. Okay. Yes, he knows. She calls him out on it too a little bit later, but uh, actually, right here. So when he when he gets home, she's flipping out. I'm like, sorry, I gotta grade these papers. Someone's gotta pay for the the hospital bills. So he's the breadwinner. He's the, the school teacher. So yeah, I guess she's not an award winning musician. Sorry, Matt. I feel no. like I feel like he would probably be on salary, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's still going to do the job. That's no, I that's the point. I, I understand that, but you go he's, to work no, he's not out. He's not working extra hours to make extra money. He's yeah. a teacher. No, he's not getting overtime for stamping F's on these little bastards' papers. But she calls him out about avoiding. You're always avoiding things. These issues, you just kind of don't think about them, and you, you sleep at at work. And he's like, "What? You think our house is haunted? Boom! He's sleeping on the couch now." <laughs> Yeah, so she, she accuses him of drifting, banishes him to the couch, and he starts dreaming about the cold open again. Yep. Has another another vision of it. And then it goes to this creepy red hall filled with candles. And then it shows the house window, demon hands, right. the shaking bush again. Right. Very, very creepy, very slow. This is also where, so Renee wakes up. 1.53 a.m. Yep. Obviously, you see it said Josh is on the couch. So this thing walks by the window. The bouncer. Yes. And then all of a sudden, it comes in. I call it, I called it the Danzig Dan. Ooh, I like that too. I called him the bouncer only because of a scene later. Because to me, I saw that. I'm like, it's like Danzig. It does. He's, he, he's got that, like the long hair, and, like the, the long leather jacket. And he's like, he should be at a punk show. So the thing reaches for Renee. She screams. Josh wakes up. Finally convinces Josh we need a new house can't spend another night here nope 
moving truck. Where the fuck do they get money? The money is just all of it. Hey, you know what? It's no big there deal. There could be a scene where they're at like the Sheridan for a little bit. Like, like, I'm sorry. In real life, this house is haunted, right? Okay. My house is haunted. My kids are getting possessed. Um, no, we can't just leave. We're just, we're just going to have to fucking, okay, set another table for the demon. <laughs> set another uh, place at the table. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. We can't just fucking move. But they move. And uh, we meet Josh's mom for the first time. She's yes. helping unpack. And she sees the picture we saw earlier of Josh. And she says, I can't believe you got Josh to pose for a picture. Now, side note, Josh's mom is named Lorraine. Now, in The Conjuring, Josh, uh, uh, Ed Warren, who is played by Patrick Wilson, uh, is married to Lorraine. Yes, that is a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's Lorraine. It's not a very common name, so yeah, it could have been uh, done on purpose. Which came out first, The Conjuring or Insidious? I thought Insidious. Yeah, me too. I think so. Mm. But Lorraine's played by Barbara Hershey, who's been in a, a lot of things. A lot of fucking movies. Uh, she was the mom in Riding the Bullet. That's yeah. a, a random-ass movie. Yeah. Uh, Falling Down. Do you remember that movie? Oh, God, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Michael Douglas. Yeah. That movie was awesome. <laughs> defense. Oh, defense. Oh. She was also in Black Swan. I'm sorry. Are those your pills? Are your pills on the golf cart? <laughs> it's hamburgers. Flat. It's not like what's in the picture. <laughs> For real, though. he, All his concerns in that movie were validated, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they move into this new house. So she's she's putting stuff away. She puts oh, she's on... put, They're putting things away. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, the first thing they unpacked was the grandfather clock. Yes. So they... Yeah, I think they, like, stick that down a hallway. So while she's unpacking things, she plays a record. So Renee goes outside, throws some trash away. Before she went out, there was a creepy kid in the corner, facing the corner like he was in timeout. Oh, that's right. He had right. a flat cap on. Yeah, it was like, it was one of those things, like, he's in shadow. You kind of you kind of miss it. Yeah. And they're like, hey, yeah. well, that is a fucking creepy-ass yeah. kid. Record scratch. Tiny Tim, hello. Uh, God, I've always hated that song anyway. That song sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. God rest your soul, Tiny Tim. But what the fuck? Like, so I guess Tiny Tim had, had been playing music since he was like eight years old. He mastered like I don't know the fucking flute, the violin, and then the uh, the, the ukulele, which yeah. became his signature um, instrument. So he's playing the ukulele. He's singing in that really creepy falsetto voice. Now Tiny Tim, as his name suggests. He's not actually tiny. He's 6'1". He's kind of, like, not beefy, but, like, he's not fat. He's, he's, he's a broad, very creepy Batman, penguin, villain-faced guy. Yeah. <laughs> you do not picture him to have this voice, but he's all, Tiptoe through your window, by the window. Okay. Very creepy. Obviously, Renee runs back into the house, yep. and there's that, there's that little kid. fucking kid from, like, the yep. 20s. The Roaring Twenties. That's where we are now, right? So, yeah, she sees the kid. Kid disappears. She's searching everywhere for the kid. The kid is gone. She finds, she goes into a, to the to the cupboard there, like the dresser or whatever, opens up the doors, kid comes bolting out. Did you notice so, that? Uh, so that's Dalton's room. Right. The kid ran by the grandfather clock, which they have placed in front of Dalton's room. And so the kid disappears, runs out, right by his rocking horse, and now... Dalton's teddy bear is a giant red teddy bear. Like one of those stupid like novelty teddy bears you win at the fair for like knocking down the bottles. Yep. 
I was like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, he's also got a really cool alien poster. It says, Ooh. music from beyond your little world. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool for an eight-year-old to have. It's just a little, little <laughs> past his level, but okay. Oh, shit. I think we go back to Josh's mother. Yeah. Josh comes home, and the wife is sitting, talking to a priest. Mm. He's like, <laughs> It's like the first line of a joke, right? Guy comes home to find his wife with a priest. Bada boom. <laughs> Again, make a note of his blue shirt and blue tie. Mom is wearing a red shirt, and it's clued that she she knows something. She kind of knows something. And then she mentions she had a dream. She saw a visitor talking to Dalton. And then Mom sees the lipstick demon. Oh, okay. And then again, there's the banging. You see the grandfather clock, and Dalton's room is just fucking trashed. Right, that's right. So mom so goes. Right, that's where Lorraine comes up with the with Elise. We we need to call my friend. Right, she might be able to help us. So we got Elise comes over. Well, no, before we, we meet Elise, we, we meet Specs and Tucker. I, I call it. Yeah. They send the Geek Squad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. So Specs and Tucker both. Memorable characters. One is also the writer of the movie. <clears throat> Lee Winnell plays Specs. Yes. He was also in Saw. I mean, obviously, he, right. he wrote Saw, right. but he was the kid right. in the bathtub. Right. The two of them, I thought, were amazing. Like, they, the, the, the their chemistry, chemistry together was, was awesome. Yeah. The way they bounce off each other, like, oh, the, the pictures, the picture. Nah, man, it's going to be, like, my my shit. No, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm the, the most important one. part. I mean, uh, your part is really important. No, but you're, my you're, part is, like, extra important. No, my <laughs> part's my parts what, like, makes the show. Yeah, they're, they're hilarious. Tucker, actually, was in uh, The Walking Dead. He yes. was Aussie, yeah. the, the highwayman. Yeah. They kind of go in to see if the situation is, which is kind of bullshit. So they, they're trying to find out if the situation is worthy of Elise. But it's Elise's right. friend. Wouldn't she just, like, come in automatically? But whatever. Especially if she knew that family had a history. Right. So whatever. That's, that's besides, besides the point. Elise comes in, and they show the grandfather clock two times. Mm-hmm. During that. So Speck and Tucker, they do their little Ghostbusters routine, you know, going yeah. around, taking pictures and with their EKG meter or whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell it is. Right. So, so Tucker's going around with the, the he's flicking the filters. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, he sees two girls through the, through the, th- through oh, his, yeah. Uh, through and his I thing. knew that was coming, too. Like, any, any scene where you're looking through a filter... Click, 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 click. I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. It's like, creepy it's gonna, smiling twins. Like, and also yeah. the uh, the grandfather clock registered on the, the little monitor thing. It's like, hmm, right. something's with the grandfather right, right. clock. So that's, uh, <laughs> we can call Elise now. Yeah. Your mother and I have been friends a long time. Now she's wearing light blue and a colorful bluey scarf. Is that important? Yes. Blue. A lot of blue. I'm sorry to say, it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So this is where we learn that um, he has been, he is an accomplished astral projector. Yes. So astral projection. Out-of-body experiences is what uh, Dalton has been experiencing. So when he sleeps, basically, he's thinking he's having a lucid dream. But really what he's doing is projecting out of his body and he's gone onto a different plane. And he plays around there in his dreams. And he does that a lot. But this time, he went even further into... The further. And now he's stuck. And that's why they can't explain his coma. Right. And so, 
Josh doesn't believe any of it. He thinks it's another kind of a scam job. He yeah. He's he's like, thanks for your time. Sorry to fucking waste it, but get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. So he's upset. So he goes into uh, Dalton's room, and he's just talking to him. Ooh, can can we just say that <laughs> this is really this is almost as good as Bruce's joke when he showed up. Uh, she goes, sometimes there's demons with a more insidious agenda. agenda. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that should have been like in the trailer. You know? <laughs> it totally should have been. Yeah, so, so sorry. Dad, dad goes to check in on uh, Dalton. Dalton, so he's talking to him and he says, you know, just give me, just give me a sign. Just give me a sign. He's like, anything. He's like, are you, are you traveling? Like, he's basically questioning if that shit is real. Right. And he's asking him. So then the picture falls off off his uh <clears throat> off his little board there. Can you hear me? So the picture the, uh the demon picture. Yeah, the demon the picture the, of the demon. He looks at that and then he realizes, fuck. We this, fucked this, up. Yeah. Boom. Next scene, Elise is back. We don't see the apology or anything. But I'm <laughs> assuming the phone call went something like this. Hey, yeah, um, about the shit I said about the dog and pony show and you being disrespectful to my fucked up kid. I'm so sorry, but can you come right away? <laughs> it's gas mask time. Let's set the scene. The kids are upstairs. They're sleeping. Turn off all the lights. Let's set a little lantern in the middle of the dining room table. It's a blue lantern. It's blue. It's a toy. It's a toy lantern, but it works. It's got fucking light, so it's not technically a toy. It's a lantern. It's whether it's meant for kids or not. It's a blue lantern a, with a yellow. Star. I'm sorry, but it was hilarious. So they put the gas mask <laughs> onto Elise, and the gas mask has this tube from her mouth right into like a headset that Specs is is wearing, and basically whatever she sees, she's telling him. And he's writing everything down. Right. Basically, so they're talking, so she's talking to him, and it's a lot of, if they hear me, they'll hurt me. If they hear you, they'll hurt me. So obviously he's in trouble. Right. And it just gets, it just gets worse from there. Right. He just starts writing, help, 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 bitch, whore. And it's just like scribbling, (laughs) page turn, whore, page turn. And whoa, 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 what's going on? And then like screams, and he's like, his eardrum is like busted out. He throws the... The headset and shit starts getting fucked up and Dalton actually uh, makes an appearance. Yes. Dalton's fucking shit up. And Elise grabs him by the head and she's like screaming at him, leave this vessel, leave this vessel. Cut to the next scene where dad and mom obviously distraught. Now dad is wearing a flannel shirt. It's the blue that he's been wearing, but now... There's stripes of red. And that is when Mom and Elise decide it's time to tell him what's going on. So what's going on? So comes out, comes to find out that Dalton's father, Josh, was also an astral projector. He used to have night terrors all the time. Yep. And so the reason he was, you know, didn't like being photographed is every time, you know, there was a picture taken, there was a picture of a woman in the picture. She thought it was a camera issue. Right, but it was really a ghost photobombing him. Yes. Yes. And every time we get closer and closer and closer. And that's why he doesn't like to right. get his picture taken 
because of that shit. Right. So she hid all those pictures from it. All right. Let's astral project. Now Josh is sitting in a nice comfy chair. Much like the chair I'm sitting in right now. Pretty identical, actually. <laughs> it actually is. Ooh. And it's blue. Now, That's I know nice. I've been... This is no, blue. It's a blue-green. It's like aqua or teal. or That's green. It's bluish green. I will fight you on this. <laughs> so, the reason I've been obsessed with blue this whole movie is because red is representing astral projection. Earlier in the movie, we see Dalton. He's wearing the blue shirt, and he's got the red cape. The red cape is what he uses to project himself into the further into the, the different astral planes. It's very different Contrast. from his father. It's very much in a contrast of the father wearing the blue shirt in the blue tie. The tie is the exact opposite of the red cape because dad is trying to repress his memories, mm -hmm. which is another reason why all the kids have a teddy bear. What does a teddy bear represent? It represents a memory. Right. A, a good time. You know, I won this at the fair. Oh, it's your birthday. Oh, it's Valentine's Day, and it just fucking came free with the flowers. You know, the, so the teddy bear that all the kids have, that he had in his room, represents memories, which he's been trying to repress. Okay. Let's astral project. Elise says, take a deep breath and relax. She starts the metronome, which has been playing... The whole movie. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice it at first, but I have made notes of it the entire time. It was right outside Dalton's room. The grandfather clock. Ah, yes. The metronome yes. has been playing this whole yeah. time. So, Josh is very quickly frustrated, which right. is not good for... Trying to meditate. Right. He gets up. He's like, it's useless. I have no idea what I'm doing. Holy shit, I fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> he's out of his body. Yep. And she, into the further you go. Yep. So it leaves the house. With the blue toy light. He takes the toy light with him. Into the darkness. Um, so Dalton points him to another house. It wasn't Dalton. That was uh, younger him. Don't, yeah. Okay. It was a fucking little kid. They all look the same. So to we'll us old people. We'll, we'll just scratch. Yeah, that. no, that was it was younger him, but the younger him points right. to the house that they they first moved to. Right. Um, goes into the living room. Follow, he well, he hears a woman crying. Yeah, the creepy bride. Yeah. Mm. So goes goes into the house and uh, sees a family in the living room. Oh and god! It's, and it's like straight out of the fifties. Yeah. yeah, you got the flat cap yeah. kid running by, running around. Yep. You got the whistle guy. You got the creep girl, and then the iron lady. It's like they're all like sitting around having a, a tea party, but like none of them are moving. <laughs> moving. Right, it, except dad's whistling and kind of shaking the paper because right, they right. can't remain completely still. And right. I feel like this is an accident that they used. Like he's holding the lantern up to her face, and then her eye she blinks and it does the uh, the violin strum again. It's like Vroom! it kind of leaves the room. He's calling for Dalton. He hears a gunshot. Oh, yeah. You hear the, first you hear the, the shotgun. Yeah. All, <laughs> Family's dead. Yeah. Wicked, creepy, smile lady. I wrote yeah. down her name is Smiles. It's probably not. And they, <laughs> dude, they must, the budget for the fucking wicked fog machine in this scene. Holy yeah, yeah. crap. So, 
And then he has to go find the red door. He runs back up into the attic. And then there's a red door. And uh, Danzig Demon, who, like, this is why I call him the bouncer. Because he's like, you ain't going in there. You're not on the list. And they have the fight. And um, Elise is like, you're stronger. You're the one that's living. And, and Rose gets... Her name's Renee, but she gets right. down like on her knees in front of him, starts like rubbing his legs. Right. Like, it's okay. And I'm like, oh my God, don't wake him up. Right. And all, all it takes to get him away is like, get away from me. And she like pushes him. <laughs> yeah. And he does, he like holds his hand out. Yeah. And it's like, he's, he's got like the force. <laughs> he had like him. He's I was going to say, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. So, so dude <laughs> vanishes into, uh, into darkness. Yeah. So now what's in that red door? The candlelit red hall that we saw earlier in his dream. So he has been here before. Flash to uh, Dalton's drawing of the big horse, which we have seen all the way from the first scene. Every single kid has the the horse. Josh had the horse when he was a kid. Now we see the, the horse there. Finally, we see Dalton, who is still in his red PJs. Did you notice that when... when uh, Dalton first got into the coma, he was wearing red PJs. I wanted to make a note of it, but I didn't want to spoil about the blue and the red and why it was so important. Record again, and we get to hear Tiny Tim's beautiful, annoying voice. (laughs) Which is, it really does work well with this scene. It really does. So, and then you see, like, the, the demon is up in his little loft. You know, kind of sharpening his claws. His studio apartment, if you will. <laughs> and so he's just sitting there with his little grinding wheel. He's grinding his, like, knife hands. And it's like, I don't know, man. Demons that live in your dreams with yeah. knife hands? I'd never heard of anything like that before. Right. So he's trying to get Dalton free. The demon hears him. Yeah. I don't know how he could hear over all those fucking annoying puppets that he had. Yeah. Like clown dolls, that and the like, music. What? Like, what? He's blasting Tiny Tim, and he <laughs> and he hears people whispering. And uh, oh, the chains! Yeah, they weren't even locked. I know. Why couldn't Dalton open them? Dad just goes <laughs> yeah. unsnap, unsnap. Like you've been here for four months now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I raised an idiot. You know what? I'm leaving you here. I'm going home. So he has a bit of a battle with uh, Lipstick Demon. Yeah, he tries to use the force on the demon. Yeah. It does not work. The no. demon uses the force back on him. <laughs> knocks him the fuck over. Somehow he gets away, and now they have to leave the house. Yeah, so so uh, the whole like demon studio apartment, completely, like, everything's red, and now, boom, they're back into like a bluish-tinted right. darkness, and you see every, every single time. like person that's been hiding in the shadows this yeah. whole entire movie, is, they're like surrounding... The, the two of them, Dalton and the father. Right, so they, so Elise is calling, or is it um, Renee is calling to them? Yeah, Renee is calling to them, come to my voice, come right. to my voice. Right. So she's like coming through into this darkness, and they're trying to follow her voice. Actually, Dalton's the one that hears it first. Right. Is that mommy? And they follow it back to the new house. You, you know, like the astral plane version right, of right, the right. new house. Yep. Um, having trouble getting into the, the house. And... Now all the spirits are starting to come into the, the real world and they're breaking all the lights and they're starting to fuck with the, the family. They get back into the house. Dalton's trying to go to find himself. 
Right. So get back in his... In yeah, his so body. the dad breaks breaks down the door. He's really tired all of a sudden. Like, like I don't know, opening that door like really like took a lot out of him. And he let he go, Dalton, right. go, go. So he lets Dalton run ahead and he has to face his old lady nemesis. Right. While they're trying to get back to the house, Specs starts searching the house. Oh, yeah. So and he's going through drawers in the kitchen... It's funny that you say the kitchen because at first I was like, "Is he going through her underwear drawer?" And I'm like, "Oh no, they're in the kitchen." So, you know, he pulls out a drawer, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Something's gonna grab him." Yeah. Like, so I kind of called that one. So I ran. The hand, you know, tries to grab him. Yeah, you don't look in a drawer that long. That's what made me think it was underwear drawer. I was like, "Why are they uh, taking so much like long on this on this drawer shot?" That's where we start to realize that the uh, the spirits are starting to cross over. Right. So now. Josh is there facing the old lady demon, yeah. shouting into a mirror, Leave me alone! Get the hell away from me! He's screaming into a mirror. Mm. And she just kind of... Goes away. She goes away. Sure, yeah. sure. Dalton wakes up. Yep. Oh my God, rejoice. So now I'm not sure if this scene had already happened yet or not. Or, but it was, I don't know why I found it so funny. But Specs grabs his flashlight, mm-hmm. you know, turns it on. It's this big, yeah, the big flashlight. clunky like right. flashlight. So then that's when Tucker pulls out this like huge, ginormous flashlight, and it's, it, I just found that absolutely hilarious. I don't know why. Yeah, they were having a flashlight measuring contest. <laughs> Dalton wakes up, and Specs and Tuck they're yeah. putting everything back into the the van, and they're basically saying, "Yeah, we're gonna write a book." And, you know, my photos got to make the book. And then Specs is like, well, yeah, the photos are good. The photos are good. But uh, really, it's my uh, my writing, the way I wrote whore. That's going to make it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you can write a good whore, but, you know, uh, you can't take a picture of a whore, can you? Oh. Uh, what, did, what did he say? It was, uh, it's like, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. He's like, well, a thousand oh. words is worth a thousand words. <laughs> a thousand words is a lot. Um, Unless you're Stephen King talking about a red T-shirt, yeah, it's true. Yeah, okay, so uh, Dalton is housing spaghetti. Yes, he's fucking famished, and he's tired. Not gonna lie, after that, I really wanted spaghetti and meatballs. I did too. Luckily, I'm Italian, so I always have sauce on hand. <laughs> but yeah, so he's housing spaghetti, and he's saying he's tired. And Mom's like, "You're tired. You just slept forever. You're never going to sleep again." Now Josh finally gets his alone moment with Elise. Not really an apology, but half-ass apology. And he's like, you know, you showed me a new world. And she's like, you know, I didn't I didn't show you. You, you know, you've already been there. Blah, 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 blah. And then something creeps her out. And like, visibly, you can tell she's creeped out. Right. And this is my third beef with the movie. Because what, what I think they should have put the end credits... Right after the mother said, I'm never letting you sleep again. End credits. They could have even, you know, done Tiny Tim's tiptoe through the tulips for the end end credits. To give you the, ooh, maybe there's more to the story. Why are they playing that creepy song again? But no, they had to leave it on a cliffhanger. Which really bothered me. And I left myself ignorant of the rest of the franchise. Because I wanted to focus on this movie. But I don't think they needed. Why, why did they do that? Why does every movie have to be part of a bigger picture? Like, can a know. movie just be a movie? It could be. Beginning and end. But unless they had all these planned out beforehand. Like, yeah, that's where true. They, where I'm they sure, are, you know, they probably they did. And they broke it down into two parts. 
But that's fine. But they could have left it not open ending. Yeah. I, I really would. I think spaghetti housing, you're never sleeping, end credits. But no, then we get this cute extra scene with Elise and him where it seems like he's being genuine, but clearly he's not. She uh, sees his like no, the fingernails. his old lady hands yep. and takes his picture. And the picture is the old lady. Yep. He's possessed. He's now the old lady. And he flips out. Why'd you do that? And gives us our only death of the movie. Great movie. Only one death. And it was someone I didn't want to die. Which kind of makes the death better. Those deaths are always more impactful. Right. And he just chokes the shit out of her. Yeah. It was violent. I didn't, was crazy. I didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think that <laughs> was going like, to happen either. Because like, that's when I, like, I heard, you know, I had to run upstairs because right as, as you know, Dalton woke up in his house in spaghetti, I hear, boom, upstairs in my house. You know, and I run upstairs and something fell off and I had to fix it. And I'm just like, that's great timing, you know, and it came back down. <laughs> then that's when I saw the, the screen. I'm like, what the hell just happened? You know? Why like, is he choking her? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she gave him the bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I saved your son. Here's my bill. <laughs> that's uh, $12,000. Yeah, so she gets choked out. Renee hears something. She comes into the room and she finds Elise looking very dead. Like, she's been dead for a long yeah, time. she's very blue. Very. Ooh. I've seen what you did there. Um, and then she uh, picks up the picture and sees the old lady. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck? And dude's behind her. Now we get the end credits. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> like, ah. So, love this movie. It was very deep. Obviously, I, I mean, I should probably take a picture of these notes because no one's going to believe how nerdy I am. And I'm like, very impressed with this movie. It's only PG-13. Yeah. A lot of people complain about, oh, I'm not going to see that movie. It's only PG-13. Shut the fuck up. Some PG-13 movies are good. Hell, uh, what was the movie with Michael J. Fox? It was PG-13. And they even showed boobs. Doc Hollywood. Oh, Doc, yeah. that was a great one. PG-13 and boobs. Sometimes PG-13's cool. Get the fuck over it. But, uh, yeah. So, only three be beasts with this movie. I, I didn't like how they ended it. I think it could have been a more smooth ending and then gave us the sequel. Right. I love the lipstick demon. And one thing actually we didn't really talk about was um, Tucker's picture. Because mm -hmm. he was taking a bunch of pictures while the lights were going crazy when right before right. Dalton woke up. And um, and he caught the full demon with his, you know, hoof feet and yeah, oh, that, so the demon was really cool. I I thought it was creepy. I was like super super excited when I saw the trailer for this, and um, I was not disappointed. Yeah, so like I feel like at at first his face looked fucking stupid. Well, it's like Darth Maul. Yeah, and but I feel like as it progressed, it, it was it just me or his face kind of changed. Like A there bit. there was differences yeah. in his face. But he was creepy as hell, man. Like, the, yeah, the, he he was kind of looking like the devil. Right, yeah. With makeup. The devil with makeup on. And he can Ooh. crawl on the wall and it's like, oh, creepy, man. Ooh. What are you rating the movie? I'm giving it a four and a half. Wow. Four, four and a half grades. Because, like, I think, and we talked about this in our, um, in our movies of the decade, um, this kind of changed... For me, where horror was going, right? For where where 
where we were like the decade before that. And I think this was kind of like the beginning of some like great movies that they started to come out with. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely impactful. Um, totally glad you picked this movie because like, I'm glad I saw it. It was a great movie. Watched it three times since we talked about it. Yeah. I can only give it three brains, man. One death. I, I love the movie. But Don't what? get me wrong. These are three hard brains. But like it's like not it's, like juicy soft brains. These these are three hard fucking brains. But it's not. I don't know. See, I wasn't really surprised at that though. I wasn't either. Obviously, they're not going to kill off the family and the kids. I'm sorry. It's just not that kind of movie. No, it's not. Still, only get three brains. Okay, fine. I almost said three and a half, but I can't do it. Fuck you and your brains. It's only PG-13, so you can't hold that that they didn't show any any boobs or anything. But the soundtrack was... uh... I liked it. I liked that cheesy, old, violin-y horror stuff. I mean, they did a great job. But most of the movie was quiet. And I'm not using that as a deterrent. I have the way I rate. I'm an old stubborn man. Get off my fucking lawn, okay? Three brains. (laughs) So, we've got my friend Matt Bruce here. To try and explain to us and to our audience a little bit more about astral projection. Now, would you say you're an expert in this field? Um, well, I've been doing it for since I was 21. Um, it pretty much... It's like the things in the movie are... It's everyone's personal experience. Um, you can't get possessed if you astral project. But uh, I like that. No? In the movie. No. No, you can't. You can't. Um, but, you know, I've been doing it since I was 21 when I was, you know, I was just, it was the time I had bought my, I don't know, I bought my Volkswagen and I'd be laying down, I'd be sleeping and, uh. In the car? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at home, you know. I'd be just at home, just driving home, around, projecting. You know, and I would start experiencing these things like night terrors where I would feel like as if I was. You know, I would fall asleep, but I knew that I was awake. It was like my, I couldn't move my body. I was paralyzed. Um, and when that started happening, the first couple times, it was just wicked scary. Um, so you, you projected without trying. Without trying. And it that's how it started. Happened. Yeah, it just happened. All of a sudden, you know, um, you know, and I'd say like my second time, um, just getting those, those night terrors and getting like the sleep paralysis. And um, what happened was, is, you know, I started getting these vibrations when I was, when I was, you know, knowing that I was awake, but my body was still sleeping. I get these buzzing sounds and I knew that I was awake and alert. Um, And I was just petrified. And I looked to my left and what I had seen was this. uh, Now when you, all right, sorry. When you look to your left. Right. You could move your head. Or you... Well, that was my astral body, mm. not my actual physical body, but okay. my, my you know, astral body. So I had the sensation, I looked over, and I had seen this short guy, uh, I want to say about four feet tall, dark in complexion, and he was shaking his face really fast, and it scared the hell out of me, the hell out of me. I, was, I didn't know what that was going on. You know, and you hear about that, you know, if you get night terrors, someone, you know, you hear about a being being in the room. And, you know, what it really was, was, you know, me pretty much just like uh, telepathy. Like, I was scared of what was going on. So, the the astral world is is just, it's vast, you know what I mean? So, 
there was definitely an entity that was, you know, pretty much knowing that I was afraid. Um, and, you know, the, I woke up, you know, I was wicked, you know, terrified and all that. But I started reading about astral projection after that had happened, and I had, you know, known that I was able to kind of possess the abilities, which everybody can do it, even animals do it. It's just remembering that you do it, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so pretty much, you know, the second time, or well, third time, that I, I actually, actually astral projected, and I was able to just look at myself. I kind of like floated up and saw myself, and, um, you know, it was just a whole new world you know what i mean yeah and um it was like you know i would look at my hands and they would have like what's called a, a melting hand effect where okay it, no but not your physical body hands your your astral body yeah like i would just mm -hmm. kind of like look and see it melt and what that actually does it gives you more like lucidity of like being energized to be out of your body because you're you're connected to like a, a silver cord and your actual like spirit that comes out is a copy of your, of your spirit. It's not your actual spirit. It's the etheric body that comes out. Okay, and the cord is how you return to your exactly. physical body. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that entity that I had seen, I mean, they can't hurt you. It's just, it's just. They're also yeah, projecting exactly from somewhere. There's other projectors. There, you know, it's travelers. It's, exactly, exactly. So it's like a a projector community. Yeah, yeah. Now. Do they we, have usernames above their heads? No. <laughs> that would make it much easier. Everyone should wear a name tag in this ethereal world. So you're not going to say that you're an expert in the field, but can we call you an astral knot? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you, first, when you first leave your body, you, you're still on this plane, or is it another plane? You're on this plane. So yeah. you're still on this plane. Yeah. So how, how many planes are there? Or there's seven of them. There's seven. seven. There's seven astral planes, and then there's subdivisions of each astral plane. There's lower astral planes, and then there's higher astral planes. Holy um, fuck. So you don't want to go into the lower ast astral planes. Is that where planes. the further is? That's, I guess you could yeah. call it. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's pretty much, you know, uh, just kind of like lifeless, dark type of, um, you know, beings, uh, surrounding stuff like that. That's where you would need that toy lantern. Yeah, but you would never use that because you're not clothed and you don't have physical. You're running things. around naked, pretty much. Oh, that's awesome! Because you know, <laughs> I am going to project tonight. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean it's it's um, you know, there's lower and then there's higher. Um, you know, and you just want to kind of avoid that. But you also kind of build yourself up, like you know, nothing can hurt you. Nothing can hurt you. How many times do you think you've projected? Uh, I want to say. Probably about fifty times Damn. in my lifetime. So once and, I started and you've doing gone to the, the these basement levels. Yeah, I have. When I first started, and that was another part to like you know when I was first starting and like that you know I was terrified with, you know just like that entity you know, um, I was actually I went floated down you know and I just remember um, a bunch of them ganging up on me to try to scare me you know what I mean because they it's all telepathy so they know that you're a new. You know, newbie, they, they, yeah. They know that, like, you know, you let's get the rube. Exactly. You know, it's very, very spirit. You know, it's like I said, it's very spiritual. Um, so what's, what's the farthest you've gone? That would have to be, you know, just that lowest time when, um, 
it felt tough to get back in my body. And I, and I, I didn't know what was going on. I felt conscious, and I was in the lower astral plane. And it felt like I was in, like, the Doom game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it, it was, like, this really rocky area. Dark hallways. Dark hallways, rocky, you know. And then, like, I was, I was just, like... Very 64-bit. Yeah. So how, how did you get back into your body? I just ran and well, floated, you know, and, uh, you, right. you know, it was just like... That's I another just, thing that I noticed yeah. in the movie um, when he first gets out of his body and when he grabs the lantern and he goes out, it doesn't, like, they don't show his legs. It doesn't look like he's walking. Right. He's floating out that door. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. that, that was yep. good. Yeah. So we just kind of thought of just, like, getting back, you know, I didn't know what was So you can't on. see the silver cord. No, you can't. That connects you. No, you can't. But so you it's can not like you can, like, you can, tug you can, on it and your body's like, oh, come back. You can float around your, you know, your house. You can go through your house. You can look in a mirror. You'll, you'll see a silhouette, hmm. you know. And um, I try to remember the best I can because it's like you have to really conscientiously remember it happening and then... You know what I mean? It's, it it's down. like when you first wake up it's, out of a dream. It's like dreaming. If yeah, you don't you'll, think you'll, about it, right, at or least write it down, it you're going to forget. Exactly. So, so while while you're projecting, is your body still actually resting? It is. Your it mind's is. awake, but your body. Okay. Is so when so when you wake up, you don't feel like you lost all that sleep. Um, I would get worried. I mean, after a couple of years of like, I'm really going to go to work, and I'm just hanging out up here. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's uh, not. It doesn't seem like a restful sleep. It's no. not. It's not. But it's. Kind of like it's a kind of crazy feeling like when you do get back into your body. It's kind of like you can feel yourself getting back in sync with yourself. You're kind of like in a, in a daze. So projecting. Yeah. Versus lucid dreaming. Right. Lucid dreaming. It's 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 sleeping, but um, you just have total, pretty much total control over the dream. But it's a dream. And but that it is, is not it's projecting. A dream. No, it's not projecting. Okay. Yeah. Damn. But. I guess after I had that like lower astral, you know, experience and all that. So you're, um, you're saying I haven't met Rihanna in real life? No. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> lucid dreams. <laughs> yeah. So now, while you're doing that, you can't go. Like, does your astral body can it like go through like things? Yeah, you can, you can go through stuff. Once like, you once you um, separate from your body, you know, your etheric body separates from you. Know, it's like you kind of feel the vibrations as you're, you know rising up so to speak you can do like the pole the the rope technique where you kind of imagine yourself climbing a rope or you can yeah. do the rollout technique which is what i do so you know if ever you know if it happens where you know I just, i'm getting an ob i'll be like all right cool like i guess I'll hang out of body bit. experience yeah and OBE. i'll do the rollout technique and the easy it's it's harder to move around when you're near your physical body um so you have to kind of separate entirely and the best way to like feel like at your house i is going through a window is usually going through a wall. For me, that's the way it's you know always happened. You know, and um, it's just a really cool uh, spiritual experience. I've had things where I I actually kind of got like I don't want to say like a, like a psychic type of moment. I want to say before I got my first apartment, um, I was astral projecting for at least a couple of months, and I had. Um, Astral projected, and I, I met someone like the higher astral realm, and that, I think it might have been a spirit guide. I'm not sure, but uh, he took me to this place that was an apartment, and you know, I went into the apartment, and it was a studio apartment, 
and there was a one living space, and you stepped down into another another room. But I couldn't see like stuff in there; it was empty. Um, so I went in there, and I was shown this, you know, and I was experienced, you know, enough doing it for, you know, six months, and then I was just like, all right, this has to mean something. So when I got back in my body, I'm like, that really felt really significant. That, you know, out of body experience that night did. Um, so about three weeks later, I get a call from an old friend saying, um, hey, uh, you know, there's an apartment for rent that, you know, our friend's dad has. And when he called me and said, and I didn't talk to him in years, and uh, we went and watched a football game, and I said, all right, well, I'll go check it out. And when we pulled up to the apartment and we went in, it was the exact layout as in my astral projection, that apartment. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was studio apartment, my studio apartment, yes. Saxonville. So that's the, yeah. our first conversation about astral projection was right. because of that, because that of moment. That, exactly. And uh, I knew right away that, um, you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, he'll, you know, check reference, whatever. And I was like, I'm definitely getting it, you know. And yeah. then, you know, a couple of days later, I get the phone call, and then you know, I got that apartment. So, all right, you mentioned spirit guides. Yeah. What's that about? Um, they're just, you know, they're in the higher astral, astral planes. Um, now, are they, uh, people that are projecting or is this some kind of actual other guides, they're worldly they're, beings? They're like, yeah, they're like, they're like worldly beings, you know, um, just, there's all sorts of, you know, beings that would have a lot of knowledge and stuff like kind that. Kind of like, can, like Siri or, or Hey Google? Pretty much for the astral world, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Hey, Spirit Guide, where can I get some good pizza right now? I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> you fat ass. You have a whole box of donuts right next to you. Yeah, but I'm feeling like cheese. Um, so is it, can you, no, can you move, like, physical objects? Wait. Um, I haven't, I, I mean, I haven't seen it um, as far as, like, astral projecting, like, moving things. Like, you'd see in a movie, you'd see in... You know, stuff like that, you know. Um, but uh, I do remember one time when I was astral projecting so much, I had started experiencing certain things around my house. Um, I was had a glass of water on the table, and, uh, you know, my mom came home from work, and we were just talking, you know. And I think because I had so much energy kind of built up that, um, you know, the, the glass was on the table, and it was a good, like, probably like four inches from the, the corner of the table, and it just slid off the table on its own. Kind of what you did with the shaker cap upstairs? Yeah. Which like an hour ago? <laughs> <laughs> there was, like that was on I mean, I, I, top I, I, of the shaker. Right. Nobody was near it. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were joking when you said you did that. Yeah, I, well, I don't even know. It's, I mean, that hasn't happened since you know, a long time, but... I glass. thought it was just the pressure from the, the ice cooling inside of the shaker. <laughs> but no, it was your psychic ability. Are you a new mutant? <laughs> but it, it fell off the table, and I just knew. I was like, oh, man. I was, and my mom was like, yeah, I clearly knew that that wasn't even on the edge. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Any more questions? Uh, actually, yeah, pretty sure he answered half of the questions in his first, like... Without even asking. <laughs> Without even asking. So, a long time ago, I was living basically at this party house with my buddy Norm. And we had spoken 
not Norm and I, Matt and I, you can't see who I'm pointing at, about his experience with the uh, the whole apartment thing. And you let me borrow this this book, which yeah. I'm just returning to you now, yeah. <laughs> a decade later to, oh my God, like almost years. 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. um, but I read that book. Yeah. And I tried it many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Party House, not a great atmosphere, atmosphere to try to meditate. Yeah. But I had a lot more time on my hands then than I will ever probably have again. Mm-hmm. So I did have a lot of experiences to, to try to do it. And I mean, just the, the steps it goes over. So let me just shout out to this guy. It's called Mastering Astral Projection, a 90-day guide to out-of-body experience by Robert Bruce and Brian Mercer. Basically, you know, you get in a comfortable place. It, it will, your chair or whatever. I didn't have a chair. So basically, I was just lying on a mattress on the floor. And, you know, you get comfortable. It'll close your eyes. You know, try to drown out all of the sounds of the clinking bottles and people fighting downstairs. And, you know, you, your toes, get them really comfortable and then your feet and your shins and your calves and your thighs and until it goes all the way out your fingers and your whole body is relaxed and you know for the first couple times i tried it it, it, that's all it was it was just me completely relaxing and just thinking but this one time and i don't remember what you're going to say because i can't I I, i totally remember what you're about to say, it's funny, because I, I just remember it. So, I'm, I'm lying there, and I'm in this completely relaxed state, and I sit up. Now, I didn't turn around and look at my body, but I knew I was out of my body. Yeah. Somewhat. Now, I remember the whole trying to pull on the string thing, and I couldn't do that. And, yeah. I, and I know you do the rollout method, yeah. and I couldn't do that either. But what I had done was I sat up, and I was, I was out of my body. And I was surrounded. Like, I can't remember, like, seeing anything besides my room. But there were just, like, voices all around me. And I couldn't understand a lot of it. It was just, like, it was just, like, so, so much talking except for one. One of them, you don't belong here. Boom, I'm right back in my body, and I really sit up, and I was fucking shook. I was like, what? I did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, like, I, I got scared shitless to get back into my body, and I was awoken, and I was so excited. I wanted to do it again, but then I was, too, I was full of adrenaline, yeah. and I was yeah. too pumped, and I have never done it again. What about the little girl next to you, basically? There was, like, some, like, girl standing over your bed. This was years ago. I don't know. That's maybe I, maybe, I honestly yeah. don't remember the one yeah. thing like I remember I was like see I that's the thing about writing I should have yeah, wrote it down exactly. it's, tough. it's tough the one thing I remember which scared to, me out of it was that yeah. you don't belong here yeah they just try to scare you it's just it's, it's all a scare tactic and it's, fucking you know, trolls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, even in the other world they're there too you, you can't get hurt you know in real, you know yeah, I was, I was talking to Jen about this uh, last night, and she was like, "Don't you fucking do that? Yeah. Dude, don't do that again." Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe some, maybe someday when the kids move out, I'll get a chance to meditate again. Yeah. Until then, I don't fucking well, see if, if, see if it happening. Have, if, you, if you eat a lot of food before bed, it won't it won't work for me. I have to have like an empty stomach pretty much to have it 
to have like chakras like aligned and like have like the whole vibration. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get your chi. Right. I, yeah. I know the, one of the first rules that you told me was that uh, I, had to be, I, had to, I had to be completely sober. Yeah. And I was like, well, like, yeah, like, no, I'll care, give it a shot someday. Yeah. <laughs> what about a little bit of the, the you know? Can I take a couple puffs? No, 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 no. Oh, well, maybe next year. <laughs> All right, so um, Horror Babe. Yes. Horror Babe of the Month. Emma Roberts. Yes. Daughter of Eric Roberts, the older brother of Julia. Aha. Uh, you might know her from, well, I, I mean, you definitely know her from American Horror Story. Right. That's how I was first introduced to, no, not really. How I first remember her was from Coven. Right. She played a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she did. She played that role very well. And she was just in, I mean, she's obviously done American Horror Story a few times. But the last season, 1984, she plays like the sweet final girl. Right. And she nailed that too. Yeah, she did. So she, uh, great actress. She was, was also in thing. Scream Queens. She and was in uh, the underrated, I think, Scream 4. See, at that point, I was kind of done with Scream. Well, I mean, part two and three sucked. Well, they did. But part four kind of brought it back, I think. She was in the, the movie Nerve. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, with the Millers. Bloomhouse, uh, their version of like the most dangerous game coming out, uh, The Hunt. She's going to be in that. But at age nine, she played Boston George's daughter in Blow. Young Christina Joan. Yes. That was a great movie, man. Like, I know a lot of people hating on Johnny Depp lately, but you, you can't hate on, like, some of his roles are just really, come on. George Jung, he nailed it. Boston George. Yes. Sorry, Dad. He's selling all this marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful lady. All right. Hey, let's let's uh, do a little bit of fan feedback. So, my wife was joking, listening to the podcast. Like, she's not really even a horror fan, but she loves listening to my sexy voice, so... She does listen, but she says that we talk a lot, called us mumble and jumble. Lauren said that we're very charming, and we don't come off as creepy, which is great. But we got our first iTunes review from Dodd 619 Awesome for horror fans. Five stars. Great job, guys. Good luck with the pod. Well, thank you, Dodd 619 You are the shit. First... So, we also, I put a poll up on our Facebook page. Yes. As to basically, the poll was, you know, I said we were doing this movie, so I asked if people believed in paranormal experiences, or just believed in the paranormal in general. Okay. So, it just went up a few days ago. What was the poll? The poll was, whether the, if you believe, yes, no. Out of 25 votes, 21 absolutely believe in it. Four people said no. Four non-believers. Four non-believers. Four cynics. One of them being your father. My dad said no? Yep. My dad said no. It breaks it down. 
four hell no's, and he's one of them. Wow. <laughs> I don't believe it. He's just trying to be cool. <laughs> Dad, come on, man. Which, actually, and I'm also surprised that uh, Matt Barrett was on, too. But he must have had a bad experience with a ghost. She must have, like, gave him the cold shoulder. Because <laughs> uh, I was also a hell no guy for a long time. I was never a hell no person. I was no kind person. of a hater. I was never a hell no person. I was more of a skeptic. Just because I hadn't experienced anything, but right. I didn't want to say to the people that did. I, I, I wasn't going to tell them that they were full of shit or anything like that. Right. I mean, you don't want to be rude. Like, right. Oh, really? You have a ghost and all they do is rearrange your furniture? I mean, I've never physically seen anything with my eyes. Right. I've felt things. I've smelt like, um, like every so often, like my grandfather who passed away a year ago, October, you know, each person has their distinctive like scent or smell right. or something like that. Every so often, I will smell him for like 20 minutes. That's strange. And then it goes away. Hmm. So, you know, who, who knows? That's Maybe it's just him checking in. Seeing, right. Know, That's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, for a long time I was a hell no guy. Then I was a skeptic. And then, I, I don't know, it was just like something happened. And, yeah, I was like, yeah, it could, could, totally, could totally happen. Who the fuck knows? I mean, the, the world is infinite, right? So doesn't that mean maybe there's infinite possibilities? So, my mom got cancer, and, like, it was kind of the point where she was just looking forward to the next event, and that, that's what kept her going. So, my daughter being born was the big event that she was going for next. And she died two months, three months, after my daughter was born. And, I mean, obviously devastating, mm -hmm. but... Uh, there was this one night. So when my daughter would wake up in the crib, screaming. I mean, that's kind of what kids do. And you gotta, you got to let them cry it out. But this one night in particular, you know, I kind of I kind of woke up. And I'm listening. And my mom is reading a book to Ava. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. What the fuck? And I woke up, like, shook, obviously. It was kind of like the, the astral projection thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, like I was scared back into my body. Right. That's exactly what it felt like. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously I checked the monitor. There's nothing. I go in her room. She's awake, but she's very calm. And she's just like laying there like she's listening to a story. Wow. Hmm. So who knows? I'm definitely not a hell no guy. No, no. Dad, no. you're getting noogies, bro. <laughs> I think I think that does it, man. Yep. So I mean, um, obviously check us out. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. We're also on Podomatic. Leave us some reviews. Give us some feedback. You can hit us up at fans of the dead podcast at gmail dot com. Come on, man. Send me an email. I'll read it. I believe we're also on Twitter. We are on Twitter. Fans of the Dead One. That's number one. Yeah, man. Hit us a tweet. Hit us a DM. Come on. Slide up in there. <laughs> well, till next time.
Have fun. Be safe. Extra special thanks to you, Maddie Bruce. No problem. Thanks. Guys. Thanks, thanks for, for uh, on. Yeah. coming on our journey yeah, no into the further. Further. <laughs> Let's go do another one of those. It was right. delicious. <laughs> <laughs>